Today's program has been brought to you by TechServe, New York's original and still the best Apple computer, iPod, and iPhone store and repair shop. For more information, visit TechServe.com. You're listening to HeritageRadioNetwork.org, a nonprofit member-supported radio station. We're millions strong, with folks tuning in from over 200 countries. We are education. We are entertainment. We are the future of food. May is our membership drive. Become a member and support us while receiving e-newsletters, advanced invites, special discounts, and a membership card. We need your support. Visit our website and click the donate button to become a member today. Thank you for believing in us and enjoy the show. Good evening and welcome to Foment About It on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. I'm Mary Isaac. I'm Chris Kuzmi. And we're your co-hosts for this weekly journey through all things fermented. Every Monday night, live at 7 p.m. on Heritage Radio Network. And we're archived on the HeritageRadioNetwork.org as well as iTunes. That's right. And what's happening this week, Mary? I am teaching a beginner homebrew class at Brooklyn, at, at Brooklyn Kitchen tomorrow night at 6 p.m., I don't know if there's any slots open, but if you're interested in learning how to homebrew, this is a great place to do it. It'll be the last class until the fall. So, Speaking of homebrew and uh, homebrew places in New York City, I have a beer coming out next week also. Uh, our first in many collaborations I've done with the homebrew clubs and, uh, and stores around. first one was with Benjamin and uh, Danielle from Brooklyn Homebrew, and we did an American wheat, a hopped-up American wheat. We're launching next Tuesday at 508 Gastrobrew. If you're in town, come through. Yep. You're also going to be launching the blonde, right? We are launching a blonde that I did with Jim Barnes, right, of, of Shelton Brothers and Pretty Things, or uh, formerly Pretty Things, uh, tomorrow, uh, next Tuesday. And tomorrow, actually, another collaboration done with uh, Larry and Paul of Spider Bite Brewing Company. We're doing a Black Wheat Saison. Anyway, lots of fun. I love, love working with other people. Yeah, <laughs> get kicked off at like five. But six is a good time to come. And then Chris plays afterward from eight to ten in a jazz four person. What do you call quartet. it? Four, uh, it's quartet. A quartet. Yeah, we are a quartet today in this studio. Yep. Tuesday is Tuesday, by the way. That's why that's why we do our beer events and the music on Tuesdays. At by the way, Tuesday is Tuesday. Anyway, I'm very, very, very excited about today's today's episode. Uh, here we are with uh, two amazing people who have who are behind one of the most amazing expressions of awesome uh, that have popped up recently, and that is Torst in Greenpoint. With we're here with Brian Ewing and Yepe Jarnit. Hello. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you did good. Oh, thanks. He'll I'm teach you. He'll teach you how to say torso later too. Oh wait, is it? Is it <laughs> I know. That's. Do you have a long time? <laughs> <laughs> Every time we're just going to pause and look at you, be point at you, and then you can say it. Trust. 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 Oh, that was pretty good. Trust. I always tell people to say it really fast. Trust. Trust. All right. Awesome. <laughs> I still haven't said it right yet, so it's no. okay. There's, there's we, time. We gave there, up. We yeah. gave up. <laughs> I don't think it is uh, in, in, in threat of uh, you know falling down, um, and that is because of both of you. Everybody who's involved in this project just has have amazing amazing backstory. So, what is Torst? We could either start there, or we could start at the beginning on on where you guys kind of well, what you do individually. You both have very interesting stories outside of Torst. Did I do it right? We, we do. Yeah, we do, I think. Uh, <laughs> if you're into beer, at least. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> if you're not into beer, we're really, really boring. <laughs> All right, well, let's start with how... Not me, dude. 
That's right. That's right. That's right. That's All right. Well, I'll start with that. I'll start asking questions from, from, from how I know you guys. Brian, I first met you when you started 12% Imports right. in New York City. And, uh, and uh, you came and, and you, you served some of these, these beers from places I've never even heard of at the, at the time. And, and what is 12% Imports? What is your philosophy behind it? Yada, yada. Well, so, yeah, I started 12% uh, a little more, about five and a half years ago. Um, and started it, you know, I mean, super, super small. Uh, literally, uh, just as a as a pretty hardcore beer geek uh, who is into a lot of uh, stuff from Europe specifically. Uh, and, you know, I'd for years gone over, uh, you know, to Belgium and Scandinavia and, you know, a bunch of, uh, you know, basically beer hunting. Uh, and uh, along my travels, probably visited, uh, I don't know, well over 100 breweries uh, over the course of, you know, five or six years of, you know, active sort of beer geek, beer hunting travel. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, obviously along the way, tried a lot of, you know, mediocre stuff or whatever, mm-hmm. but but also came across some really special things and, you know, looked into what it would take to, you know, actually bring them in legally as opposed to, you know, stuffing suitcases full <laughs> with them and, you know, trying to sneak past customs and stuff <laughs> like that. Uh, now, anyway, um, you know, we find, so, so whatever. Researched it, decided to, to give it a shot. Um, Invested my life savings in a container of beer and brought it over and, you know, tried to sell it out of the back of my Prius. In, uh, <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's how 12% started. And, um, yeah, we've, and we've, moved, we've moved on to a proper delivery vehicle. In now, the beginning, so. you were just bringing it here for New York City. Uh, that's how we started. Yeah, we started just in New York City. Because um, when you got your – I remember you meeting you at Beer Table right, like five and a half years right, ago. And that, when you got your – importer license you that also allowed you to distribute it within the state is that correct that's not that's not right actually no um, we got we got the import license um and then we were faced with the decision of do we go the traditional route which is just import the beer and then uh and obviously find distributors uh to uh to to sell it once it once it gets here um or do we want to go a step further and 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 try selling it ourselves. And I guess my feeling from the very beginning was, although it was going to take more time, more capital, you know, all of that, uh, decided to do the self-distribution thing because I just didn't think that for these brands that no one had ever heard of, few people could ever pronounce them. You know, I mean, like, there was no brand recognition there, you know. So I I felt like this... It had to, they had to be handled. You know, you needed yeah. to tell the story behind the brewery to effectively, you know, um, you know, get that product in the hands of people that would be excited about it, and you know, that kind of thing. So, so we took an extra nine months once we got the importer's license to get a New York uh, okay, distribution, distribution license. license, and so we did that, and you know. Yeah, we're still still doing it, um, and um, you know, I think it was a, you know, it was. Uh, like I say, it's a decision that, you know, I, I felt felt right for me. I mean, you know, it's but it by no means, you know, I mean, there's some great distri- great distributors here in right. New York City. So mm-hmm. yeah, right. whatever. But the beers that you got were not here yet. They were and not here yet. Nothing to do no. with that. But yeah. somebody had to take yeah. to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so, yeah, so that's how we started a few years back, you know, sort of like I said, literally just delivering beer, at a, you know, as a part-time thing. I would do my day job, which had nothing to do with selling beer. Um, at, at all, uh, and I would come home, and you know, I would do sales calls, and you know, <laughs> do deliveries out of the back of the, at, like, out of a Prius, uh, and uh, and that's that's how it went. Um, but you know, 
people seemed to like the beers. We started getting calls from all over the country about, hey, how can I get this in California? How can I get it in, you know, Philadelphia, whatever? And so we just sort of slowly expanded from there. And, and um, you know, word got out. People really liked it. And we brought more beer over. And it just kind of, you know, it, it grew very organically uh, that way. Um, and then... And then the other thing that kind of happened to, to really help our growth um, and to get us to the point where we are today uh, was that our reputation amongst brewers overseas, you know, as a as a legitimate, you know, importer, you know, somebody that really cared about the brands and promoted right. them well, and that that started to happen to you know the the, the craft beer world is a very small sort of tight-knit one you know every, everyone knows everyone kind of thing and once we actually started doing this and actually being very successful you know being successful doing it um you know we got there are other there are other breweries that we were very interested in talking to that um that other folks were interested in talking to too but that made the decision that they wanted to work uh with us and and that um that obviously helped us quite a bit too and so. now you said you're at, in 30 states around 30 states yeah just about 30 i don't know the exact number but uh, roughly 30 yeah. and then how many breweries did you bring over in the first in your first container it was six, six breweries okay. from belgium and yeah. how many do you have now about uh, about 20 okay. about 20 yeah from belgium and also all over uh, yeah i mean mostly european but we also now uh, distribute a, a, a couple of american brands uh, throughout the country through our distribution network um and uh, you know Canada, the UK, uh, Scandinavia, yeah, yeah. So a little bit of all over. Uh, yeah, all over. Cool. Yeah, all over. How did you meet this guy? <laughs> this guy? This this freaking guy? Over here. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a friend, actually, a mutual friend uh, from Chicago. Uh, I was traveling in uh, Denmark uh, a, a few years, a couple of years back. I don't know, maybe three years, whatever it was. Uh, and a mutual friend from uh, Chicago who's also in the beer business, um, who's uh, said, you guys really need to need to meet each other or whatever. And uh, so, you know, my wife and I were in Denmark, and we were going to go to McKellar Bar regardless. And so uh, she set up a meeting, uh, and uh, Yepa's wife convinced him to go. And uh, <laughs> we met each other, and he had just – he really just started Evil Twin uh, Brewing. I mean, he'll – obviously jump in here but uh, uh at the time it, it was it was a very very small thing and it, yeah. it had just started i didn't even know that he was really you know doing it I, I thought we were just kind of meeting to hang out or whatever um and but when he told me about it i got very very excited and i thought we you know and we got along really well right away with similar personalities or whatever so um we just started talking and and i said hey I, i'd love to do this and um and uh he made it happen and you know that that was before i even you know tried his beers i just had a sense you know um that uh i had a sense that they were going to be great uh and then so he came over uh to visit um you know a couple of months later stayed with us in brooklyn brought his first couple of beers they were out of this world good uh, soft Dookie was one of them, <laughs> yes. and uh, before, during, and after. How Chris, can that? How can that? How can that be good? That's not. How can that not be good? Exactly. And uh, best Dookie is a fluid before, one. Before, during, and after Christmas was the other one. Um, and I, we were already going to do it at that point. But once I had tried those beers, I was like, "This is going to be. Yeah. This is going to be. What, this, is, this is the future of our. This is this is our future. Is working with this guy. So, so. Evil Twin Brewing Company. Yep. Yeah, first of all, thank you for opening and doing all that. Your, your products are awesome, and your names are a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> Always. I've read a recent article where, talk, where you talk about how you love the name part, and uh, you know the process doesn't matter as much. I think this is not a direct quote, but you said the process was was uh, you know it was just the process, but it's not nearly as important as the result 
or like you know, just just drinking it, and you don't care so much about the process, just having it right. True. My favorite, uh, and I'm jumping the gun here because I do want to ask you, you know, to have you be talking and not me. But one of my favorite stories that I read recently was uh, how you tried to make a, a chili beer, and you know, uh, it didn't it wasn't as chilly as you wanted, so you threw hot sauce in it, and it just it just get, you got it to where you want. You know, so you're like screw it. It actually came out really good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. No, I get asked that question a lot, uh, and. For me, it matters what you actually drink, and I know a lot of brewers are into the whole process and, and how you do it and using the right ingredients and all that. But you know, it, it all comes down to what you put in your mouth and if it tastes good right. and, and it smells good. And uh, uh, kind of what I every time I make a recipe, I always have the final result in mind. So I always think about how the beer is going to end up, um, and that's what I work for. And it you know it seems to to be be working pretty good <laughs> yeah. it's actually the true story I was doing a, I was doing this uh, chili beer for a festival in Denmark and uh, I, you know I did it the right way had some fresh chilies and and boiled them and all that and it just it just didn't taste too much of chili so I took uh, Dave's Insanity hot sauce <laughs> <laughs> put a couple of drops in and it, it came out it was good <laughs> I mean Mary and I we, we are strong advocates of spiking your beer after fermentation process because you have the control in order to get that you know if we're going to talk about technical process but you, you have the control at that point to to really dial that in mm. when things didn't work on the other side but you had been before starting Evil Twin you had been homebrewing roughly 10 years yeah I started homebrewing I think like in the late 90s like very late nineties or early two thousand, I can't remember. Um, you know, I was I was living in Denmark and had been I had grown up on Carlsberg pretty much, and thought it was boring to drink Carlsberg all the time. So right. started a <laughs> beer club and you know started home brewing and tasting chasing each other's beers and and liked what we did and took it from there. Um, I didn't do it. I mean, it took me about ten years to actually start brewing on a commercial base or whatever. Um, but I had all beer projects going on in the meantime and I wasn't thinking about selling my beers but right. you know so yeah that's the story I started a long time ago and had opened a bottle shop in Denmark in 2005 started an import company in 2008 uh, in, uh, distributing all over Europe that's which good. you can you can do that in 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 Europe. We don't have any three tier system, so it's it's not a problem. And then so you, you can personally deliver from. I mean, you can have a retail person. shop, and you can have a distribution company, and all that. So ah. yeah. And then uh, you know, I, I you know, I had the distribution company, I had the retail shop, and I was home brewing. So I was like, why not try and actually sell some of the beers I do? So that's kind of where it came from. Now, how big was your system when you first started? How big a batches were you brewing? I mean, I, I at, at home I just brewed small batches, like five gallon batches, mm-hmm. but then. Being having been been in the beer industry for a while, I, kn- I kn- knew a lot of brewers. So when I wanted to try it out, I you know I contacted some of my friends and asked them if I could make a batch. And I'm like, yeah, why not? Let's do a batch. Soft Doogie was actually the first one uh, I did at Arma, and that was like a eight bell eight bell batch or something. Just did it, put it all in cakes, sent it out in in Denmark to different bars and to see if I got some good ratings. And yeah. I actually got some really good ratings. So I was like. You know why not? When I met Brian, I think my total production before I met him was twenty thousand liters. <laughs> it's, wow. it's pretty small, five hundred gallons. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. I needed that conversion. At the end. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we're going to take a break. We will be back shortly with more from Brian and Yeppe. Oh, footman about it. <laughs>
This special program was brought to you by TechServe, New York's premier authorized Apple reseller and service provider, serving creative professionals at all levels, from individual customers to Fortune 100 companies. TechServe has built a solid reputation in their expertise in technology, sales, and service. Visit them on the web at techserve.com or in New York City at 119 West 23rd Street. Learn more about their in-store classes and incredible insider program. Make stuff happen. TechServe. Yes, make things happen. <laughs> Welcome back to Foment About It. We're sitting here with Brian and Yeppe of Torst and of 12% Imports and Evil Twin Brewing Company, respectively. Uh, what is Torst? Uh, it is a beer bar in Greenpoint, Brooklyn, specifically. <laughs> uh, it is, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's something that Yepa and I have long sort of talked about uh, being a part of. Um, back when we first really started working together, um, you know, we had this idea that we, wanted, we really wanted to open uh, or at least be part of opening um, uh, you know, uh, a, a, a seriously world-class beer bar. Uh, and, and, and specifically wanted to do it uh, here in Brooklyn. Um, and so, you know, there's a, there are a lot of, um, there are a lot of, a lot of hurdles to, you know, uh, to doing something like that, obviously. Um, but, um, but we, we kept at it. Um, and, uh, fortunately an opportunity came up, uh, through a mutual friend of ours, uh, Daniel Burns, who is, uh, the other, uh, who was, who was the partner, uh, owner of, of chef, uh, mm-hmm. and, um, and sort of presented us with this opportunity. Um, uh, so, so Torst is um, opened as a beer bar, but Daniel, as the owner, is uh, uh, also um, uh, working on the kitchen in the back, uh, which right. will open, I think, uh, towards the end of June. Um, right. Operate under its own name, actually. But anyway, the I, the concept behind it um, when it, when we when he came to us with the with the idea was um, it was going to be a strictly beer place, and so that's where right. kind of Yepa and I came in, and so. Uh, we kind of jumped on it, and we cult, uh, you know, cultivated a, a beer program through all of our, you know, all of our resources and all of our connections. You know, between, from Yepa being a brewer and uh, and a distributor overseas to me, you know, being a distributor in New York City and 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 an importer and having access to all these incredible, you know, breweries. Um, we really, uh, the two of us, you know, just put our heads together and tried to create, you know, what what we thought would be the the best you know, singular beer program possible. And I think you've succeeded. I mean, the the result is a place that's just a a place by beer nerds for beer nerds. It's not just for, but it's not exclusively for beer nerds. Like it's just one that, it's freaking, there are so many things that are done right. In particular, the flux capacitor. What is the flux flux capacitor? capacitor? Flux capacitor is, uh, well, and, and yep, is in my opinion, it's the best draft system that exists today. Uh, And it was built uh, and designed um, by a crazy friend of ours. Uh, his name is Gabe. Uh, he owns and operates uh, uh, Beachwood Barbecue uh, and Brewing out of um, their two locations now. Uh, the original was Seal Beach, California, um, and the other is uh, is now in Long Beach. That's where the brewing is done. So that's an example, you know, of, of what I'm saying. Yep, and I kind of calling on all of our resources. So I had met Gabe um, through 12% Imports when we were. You know, distributing our, our beer in California, I'd met Gabe, you know, several years ago, and um, he, you know, when I met him, and we were, you know, drinking beers and sharing everything, and, and we were getting, you know, twelve percent beers at, at his Beachwood Barbecue locations. 
he shared with me this crazy draft system that he had, which had he called it the flux capacitor. Uh, he built it himself uh, because he was frustrated with the limitations of you know other modern draft systems. And basically, the the the, the gist behind the flux capacitor is that. Um, Besides looking super cool with all these fancy red lights and everything, it has uh, it's 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 every line is individually regulated. Okay, but it goes a step further. Every line has the potential to change to five different gas blends. So you can go full on CO two, you can go full on nitro, and you can go three different blends in between. With the ultimate goal being that you can um, pour virtually anything, um, and 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 but also pour virtually anything so that it's consistent from the first. From the first, you know, glass that you pour to the very last, uh, and that's the that's the basic concept behind it. It also allows us to um, pour beers at, uh, you know, control gas so that we can pour beers uh, at the right temperature. You know, so so when we have, you know, um, big, massive. Imp- or imperial stouts that are on, you know, that Yep and I have on the menu, or whatever, or barley wines, whatever. Those kinds of things that really shouldn't be served at, you know, thirty four, thirty six degrees, right. where you're muting all of the, you know, sort of these, you know, um, flavor components. Uh, we have, you know, uh, we built the second walk in into the in the place, and 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 we have, you know, a handful of lines dedicated to that warm room. Um, that again, Yep and I will send in beer over there, and and it'll. You're going to be able to have a a 12% imperial stout served at 55 degrees. You know? And that's and where you keep your warm room at 55. About that. About yeah. That. Yeah. 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 And so that's that's the concept of the flux capacitor. You know. Be, um, uh, and but again, it was it was one of those things where we called Gabe. You know, and said, "Hey, Gabe, uh, Yep and I are going to be doing the beer program for this bar that our friend is opening, and w- it needs a flux capacitor. Will Will you come out and he'll he'll hire you? D- don't worry about the cost, but will you come out and do it? Right. And Gabe said yes, very mm-hmm. gracious. And awesome. how many lines are you guys pouring? Uh, Twenty one. So uh, the perfect number. Yeah, yep. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, we've got uh, yeah fifteen fifteen in the one room and, and six in the other. The warmer room. Six in the warmer room. Yeah. It's actually fourteen and seven. Is it fourteen, 14 seven? seven? Today. There you go. There very you go. cool. Yeah. And they they range in uh, alcohol strength as well. The lightest being your bikini, bikini beer, two point seven, and the strongest one we have had on was Mega Growl at about fourteen, I think fourteen and a half. But we always have beers on at around twelve percent. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. It, you know, there's something for everybody, and of course, as you start out saying, uh, lots of beer geeks like to come by and. <laughs> and get all geeky about it, which is fun. <laughs> and I like to talk to them. I'm still a beer geek. Um, yeah. But we also have a lot of just local people that have heard about the place and want to be educated and want to come by and, you know, try something yeah. new that they haven't seen before. And that's the thing. You know, we've been able to present a lot of beers that people haven't seen before. Um, new York, for being such a big city and being pretty much like the center of the universe, universe uh, mm-hmm. or the capital of universe, <laughs> a lot of good beer bars, too, it's kind of limited what is actually brought into New York, so there's a lot of bars actually, sh- you know, show the same beers and right. and because of my connections and Brian's connections, we've been able to to showcase some stuff that you haven't seen before, like Beachwood Barbecue, for example. Exactly. Yeah. 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 That's. I mean, and the, the goal. Yeah, the goal absolutely, as Yepa says, is, is to is to have some of the most amazing beer on, but also with. W- with deference towards things that you're just not going to see every day, you know. So we really try to try to always have some some incredible 
but also you know sort of eclectic and rare things. Absolutely, uh, at the place. Yeah, yeah, it all comes down. It all comes from you know there are so many beers that are really really good, but you can't get them. So it's not that we just want to show something rare. We want to show what's good, exactly, or rare and good. So yeah. You know, there's when we taste uh, beetroot barbecue out in California, we're like, we want to we want to drink those beers in New York also exactly because right. it's so good. So that's mm-hmm. why. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. What are some of the more eclectic beers that you've had for inspiration for at, for at home brewers that might be listening? Like uh, flavor wise, pouring. yeah, flavor wise. I mean, you guys do a lot. You have had some with you know Britannomyces or some funky sure. stuff and sure. some very interesting I mean, I, we have, spices. Uh, I made uh, I made a. Series of beers in Denmark uh, a long time ago, not that long ago, about a year ago, called Danbig. It's mm-hmm. uh, spontaneous fermented in Den- Denmark, actually. So uh, we just did it as a fun project. We made four barrels, uh, four wooden barrels, wine barrels, and uh, and aged them, uh, 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 fermented them like from the yeast in the air, which mm-hmm. you normally do in Belgium, but you can actually do that in Denmark also. It's just going to turn out different. Would you recommend that here in Brooklyn? Yeah, why not? I mean, <laughs> you can definitely do it. It will probably turn out different, but you can definitely do it. Um, so we did that and added different fruits. Uh, those have been at Tursk or some of them, so there's, yeah, there's more to come. Uh, rhubarb is coming and nice. gooseberry, I think. Yep. So, yeah. So those are definitely some special ones. Uh, we also have, we, right now, for example, we have a Berliner Weiss on from, uh, I don't know, I remember, but it's imported by B United and it's, it's aged on a barrel, yes. like the Sittemore It's one of those yeah. things, and it's it's really it's good. Things. Yeah. Has the, uh, at, what's the homebrew scene like in Denmark? Very small, but Denmark is small in general. We're right. only five million people. It's it's been growing the last ten years, but it's you know when I started home brewing, I didn't know anyone else doing it ten years ago. I mean, so you started that club. Yeah, it was kind of freaky to to home brew, and my friends <laughs> were like, "What the hell are you doing?" <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, it's it's definitely growing. Uh, since I don't live in Denmark anymore, I can't really can't really say how it is now. But uh, it's been growing, and its beers are getting more and more popular in Denmark. Also, you moved here to Brooklyn officially, right? Yeah, I did uh, a little over a year ago, uh, primarily because you know I wanted to try something new. Um, mm-hmm. And I was had started working with Twelve Percent, and we had a really good relationship going on. Started selling a lot of beers and. Uh, I actually found myself lagging capacity in Europe. Uh, we could sell more, but I couldn't brew it because all the breweries that I used were already Busy. brewing to yeah, capacity. Sure. So, you know, they were like, when I got a batch, I had to take it right away and figure something out to brew. And prices were really high because of that. So, uh, you know, when I started to work with Brian, we started selling more and started to look to look towards the U.S. in terms of brewing over here. Um, it just made a lot of sense for me to be here. And, and we have two breweries now, one in South Carolina and one in Connecticut Fantastic. that I make a lot of beers at now, and it works out really well. So, you know, it means we can put more beers on the market and also at a better price, which is... And in different packaging. Different packaging, yeah. The place in uh, in Connecticut that we started up with uh, in January um, uh, has been has been a, you know, kind of the... the the big project for this year um and it's been great and uh yeah we've got evil twin brewing beers now in four packs uh throughout the in new york state and all around here so it's been great yeah four packs of bottles four packs of bottles yeah, yeah. And, now, ca- and, cans. and cans and cans right and cans, yeah. cans too. I, exactly how, yeah. how long ago did you come out with cans the cans came out about about a year ago maybe yeah, a, little, a little less like september last, yeah something september, like that yeah, yeah. That was a f- and that was done. Uh, that was done at the brewery that we work with, uh, Westbrook in South, South Carolina. Carolina. Yeah. Um, and they 
yeah, yeah, totally flew off the shelves. We've got more cans coming. They'll probably be out late July, August, cool. something Very like cool. that. Yeah. We have two beers uh, coming out in cans, Hipsdale, which is already out, and uh, Bikini Beer is coming out in cans. Oh, great. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm planning a few more. I and think that's so a two, you said that's 2.7, right? 2.7 right. IPA, yes. yeah, exactly. Awesome. Yeah. But planning a few more in cans because cans is just a cool yeah. Yeah. container. Yeah. Well, I love I love all of this. Uh, I, I also love – I'm really excited about Torst uh, – or Torst – Getting uh, getting food in there, especially because because you guys do things the way you do, it's with that it stands to be an incredible gateway for for food lovers and and yeah. people who aren't really that hip to to beer just yet. I think that it, that's going to do re- remarkable things for for that. So Thanks. people want to visit Tourist there. It's in Greenpoint. It's what's the closest uh, subway stop? It's the Nassau stop off the G train. It's, it's, it's a half block right there. next to it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you could walk from the Bedford L too. It's not Absolutely. that far. Yeah, so yeah. If, you know if the G's not running or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's very easy to get to. It's a cool place. Um, Open every day from 12 to 12. Uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday from 12 to 2. So cool. plenty of time yeah. to drink beer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we Good. will see you there. Yeah, we awesome. want to thank you guys so much. We Thanks also want to thank you guys for listening and remind you that Heritage Radio Network is a not-for-profit member-supported station. So if you like this show and any of the other shows on Heritage Radio Network, please support them by becoming a member um, and of course, for you homebrewers out there, members of Heritage Radio Network get 5% off at Bitter and Esters and Brooklyn Homebrew, as well as a dollar off of draft beers at Jimmy's number 43. That's right. So thanks for listening. Next week at 7. We will have Stephen Durley and Haley Jensen, uh, two of our favorite local homebrewers and award-winning uh, homebrewers. Award-winning homebrewers. You might have seen their, their recipes in Zimmerger Magazine. Uh, what was it? The Dormouse Porter they won for last year. Mm-hmm. Anyway, they will be they will be joining us next week. Yep, thanks on for listening. For men about. <laughs>